Good morning, everyone. Thank you all for joining us. And we today we are having our roundtable discussion, and we are recording from the Plainfield Christian Science Church, Plainfield, New Jersey, the United States of America. And our topic today is soul and body. And we're so very glad you could be with us this morning. So we will start with our morning prayer. I'm reading from page 18 of Miscellany, an excerpt from there, and then page 16 of Addenda to Collectania. Beloved brethren, the love of our loving Lord was never more manifest than in its turn condemnation of all error wherever found. I counsel thee, rebuke and exhort one another. Love all Christian churches for the gospel's sake and be exceedingly glad that the churches are united in purpose, if not in method, to close the war between flesh and spirit and to fight the good fight till God's will be witnessed and done on earth as in heaven. Today, he who hath made thee whole will keep thee day by day. He who hath spoken to thy soul hath many things to say. He who hath gently taught yet more will make thee know. He who hath wonders wrought till greater things will show. He loveth always, faileth never than rest in him today, forever. Mm. It's beautiful. I love that. Thank you. All right, our watching point. Watch number 285. The world of mortal belief now practices on food, just as it does on nerves. This malpractice is the talking serpent that must be handled. Jesus encouraged the eating of food, showing that at our present stage of experience, it is not food that we must eliminate, but the belief that it is material, that it can affect man adversely, either through quality or quantity, or that it can be the medium of poor mortal mind. If God is not absent from the blessings he bestows, then we must never consider that his goodness and love are absent from the food he supplies to his children. When Jesus met with his disciples at supper, the eating of food became a channel for a spiritual uplift. When food is seen as a channel for inspiration and blessing, man's spiritual nature is fed. At the same time, his temporary material needs are taken care of. Food and nerves are never the cause or the source of man's discords. It is the serpent or mortal belief that claims to use matter as a medium through which to enslave mortals. When this mortal belief is extracted from food, it might be likened to dehydrated vegetables out of which all water has been taken. One might say that this is what the prodigal son did when he had taken all life truth, substance, and intelligence out of matter, nothing but husks remained, that which no longer had any weight to hold his thought 
on a mortal level. Then he rose spontaneously into the consciousness of mind as the only true substance. The husks became the channel for mind's blessing and were no longer seen as matter. Thank you. That's a great one. Any comments on that? Well, in this day and age when food is just, I mean, there's so many sections in the grocery store for different diets these days. Sometimes I think to myself, boy, have we been sucked in to believing that we have one condition or another that requires all these special. It's all been mesmeric. And it's just, uh, um, when I was growing up, I don't even think there were ingredients listed on the um, food we ate. But we just ate. We just ate food. We didn't think about it. And now with all the thought about it and what it can do to you, we're having more problems. And it's just, uh, it's really sad. (laughs) Thank you very much. Well said. Yes. It reminds me of the verse in the Gospels where um, Jesus was talking to the Pharisees and they were saying something about Jesus not keeping the dietary laws. And he says, it's not what you put into your mouth that matters, but it's what comes out of your heart. So it just kind of reinforced that for me. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, everywhere you look, everywhere you go, it's all about food, all the magazines and uh, losing weight, gaining weight, what different foods do, what you should eat, what you shouldn't eat. Um, So I think it's important to to eat as well as you can by that, not junk food, (laughs) and to exercise. And by that, just get some fresh air and sunshine every day but not to make a God of any of these things. So uh, it will, it will suck you in to the system. If you do the system, meaning the medical system, the beliefs of these foods. Uh, And always as, as this watching point says to see it, see our food as a blessing from God that keeps it safe. Go ahead, Florence. No, that's what I was going to say, that Jesus had a higher view of everything. And part of this is what we're being given here, to see food as goodness and love. I mean, that that takes it way right out of the mortal sense of it. That's right. Keep it a blessing. Um, I'm going to, since this relates really to the story of Daniel and Carrie, I I think of these as Carrie's contributions. She sent a few articles on this that were, I thought, helpful. One, The Bread from Heaven by Albert Gilmore. He writes that Daniel refused to eat and drink of the king's provisions instead of asking of the prince having him in charge that he might eat pulse and drink water. So it was clear that he thoroughly understood the source of life and health to be God and that he throve throve on the simplest food. And then um, speaking about Mrs. Eddy, she especially enjoins her students to abstain from reliance upon diet, hygiene, baths, manipulation, or any material substance or method 
to restore or maintain health. And this is true, right? I mean, it's in science and health. And then speaking what um, what Karen was speaking about, too. Uh, in this age of numberless discoveries in the realm of so-called physical science, great attention is given to diet and to the preparation and amount of food deemed necessary to ensure health. Calories and vitamins have become household words. As Christian scientists, however, we know that attention to these things lessens our reliance upon God and therefore retards our spiritual growth. Mrs. Eddy assures us that, quote, to bow down to flesh brush, to flannels, to baths, diet, exercise, and air, end quote, is a form of idolatry. Nothing, she declares in Science and Health, save divine power is capable of doing so much for man as he can do for himself. We follow the behests of our great leader when we lessen the claims of matter and exalt spirit. So that's just, you know, a refreshing <laughs> to have that and know that is the truth. Unless you think or worry about it all, the better it is. But as I said, you eat as well as you can. Um, it's just common sense. I like to think about how Christ Jesus ate in his time, or even Mrs. Eddy. And we're told they ate very simply, aren't we? And, and all fresh fruits and vegetables and things like that. At that time, they were readily accessible. And they didn't have much junk food. No, none, none of this processed food and things like that. And, and what was their mode of exercise? I mean, we know Jesus walked. I think walking <laughs> is, is great. And, and I know Mrs. Eddie did too. I've read that. And she used to walk around in pleasant view all around her grounds. But then she also, on, in bad weather days, and she would walk on the veranda that circled the house. So simple things like that and not to make a God of anything. This is the... This all is about your motive, right? Very much. Yeah, yeah very much. You mo your motive to glorify God and all that you do. I know when I take walks, I'm praying, um, sometimes taking calls, sometimes listening to things on my phone um, from our church website. You make it a holy experience or sometimes just many times thanking God for the beauty of his universe. In the, That's what I'd like to. I'm oh, sorry. In the unabridged version of that watching point. Says, let God talk all the time. There is nothing else. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> That's a great, good. Thank you very much for mentioning that. <laughs> Who else was speaking? Lenny. Oh, I was just going to say that one thing I liked about the watch was just that, and I started thinking about that this week, was just thinking of food, and I took it to other things too, but it's like the day-to-day -day stuff, like food, that you kind of forget that is a gift from God. And when I started thinking about it as a gift from God, it felt it just felt higher. It felt different, you know, and I just, and I started thinking about, well, the clothes I put on are a gift from God. You know, the, the car I drive is a gift from God. And so I started seeing everything instead of just sort of taking it for granted as something I have, just remembering that everything, you know, every good gift and every perfect gift is from God. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. And that's why it's good to thank God 
for every meal before you eat it, as you sit down to eat it, that you thank God for your car and you know that God is behind the wheel of your car and every other car on the road before you pull out of your driveway. Yeah, these are all good habits to develop. Thank you. That's it. Slow yourself down and acknowledge God's presence and power, as Jeremy just said, he's talking all the time to us. There's nothing else. And there's nothing else. And I, I thought this, too, was very beautiful. Another article from Carrie called Feeding the Bread of Life. And it speaks about the souvenir spoon manufactured in recognition of Concord's most distinguished citizen. We have one down in our foyer, right? In a yes. little framed. Um most distinguished citizen, Mrs. Eddy, carried this message from, from her to her followers. Not matter, but mind satisfieth. It was her request that these spoons be used every day and the motto be noted at each meal. It found an immediate response in many homes, but as the years have passed, there has perhaps less evidence of this reminder of the truth that feeds thought and refreshes with spiritual ideas. So I thought that was lovely and something to a prayer to say that it is not matter, but mine that satisfies. Um, there are many beautiful prayers that we have in science to say. When we eat together, Shardell always gives us a beautiful prayer <laughs> of thanksgiving. And we, we don't forget it. It's very important. Mrs. Eddie has said that, too. She was trained to do this. Um, and she could not eat without doing it. So take the time and thank God for his blessings. And as Gary said, yes, when you get in the car, everything you do, be acknowledging God. When you go places, the Christ goes before me and prepares the way. Um, and be grateful for everything that he's given us. Yes. Yeah. Plenty of things to be grateful for. Mm -hmm. So we look forward to a full Wednesday night. <laughs> that's that's right, because it was slow this past Wednesday. And and I've said many times, everyone come with a testimony, whether you give it or not, doesn't matter, you can bring it next week, but always come prepared. Shall I be silent? Ah, oh, never. Never. We must not slow down in this work. If you did not hear the Bible study yesterday you should i think i'm going to name it something every christian scientist needs to hear this is no time to get complacent and as i've said mrs eddie mrs evans would talk about the convenient christian scientists and they were whom yeah they dip in and out they come when it's convenient they participate when it's convenient and as I said, okay, do that, but don't expect the results you'll get if you really devote yourself to this science. And don't expect results for the world either. I mean, this is what's characterized the movement. Like it was in the watch last night, that truth only works for you when you work. When you work. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And there are many temptations and distractions, always, always. Do you think we don't have them here at Plainfield? We've just learned to, to not to let it 
distract us. If we did, we would have no church. We could easily close up. We, If everybody wanted to do whatever they wanted to do, you know, go this there and everywhere, we just shut down and, you know, have a good life, guys. <laughs> yeah, you're on. <laughs> but we could never, ever, ever do that, thank God. That's because we know it would turn to garbage very quickly yes. if, if we didn't follow God's behest. So we're having, we're, we're just having way too much fun. We are. <laughs> practicing Christian science as well as we can, as much as we can. And we don't want another 1,900 years of darkness. Darkness, yeah. And we certainly don't want to stand before God <laughs> not being able to say we at least did what we could. Yes, <laughs> we did what we could. We all, we all, and we can all do more. We can all do better. Yes. Talking about that, that spoon that was a reminder uh, of thought, you know, she put um, Christ and Christmas kind of in that same category. She really wanted that to kind of uplift thought as well. I'm just curious, does the church have an original copy of the Christ and Christmas uh, illustrated poems? I, I think we only have the 1920, but we... No, we do have, we have the... We uh, I forget what year no, it was, 1893. Was I thought that was hers. Well, I mean, they're they're both on the website, so if yeah, want we to have see electronic. Them. Oh, they are in their in their color. Yeah. Oh, excellent. I've been I've been wanting to, to look at those too because there's been so much written about those in the Greco books and the um, the uplift that people got, you know, in studying that as well. That just kind of reminded me because the spoon was kind of that same. Um, Oh, we have two liberators about it, too. Yeah, we had two really excellent liberators about it. I always give them out at Christmas time. They're very excellent if you haven't seen those on Christ and Christmas. And what, um, who was it, the two hat, Judge Hannah or Tomlinson, what they said about it? Those two, yeah. Those two. Um, very excellent with the pictures in it page by page. So oh, it's a good thing great. to see, yes. But it was yeah, also true. Mrs. Eddy, because people were almost worshiping it and getting healed by it, right? She yeah. withdrew it. She she yeah. withdrew it at the end. She didn't. People got funny about it. Yeah, people were getting a little. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. As though it was touching the garment. Yeah. Uh huh. So she 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 pulled back on it, and that's also in the Liberators. That yeah, we wrote all that up. So. Uh, yeah, it's very important to be familiar with all of these things, what she did and why. So. Yeah, she didn't want people to think that there was power in that book itself. Yeah, right. No, and we know of someone who was once part of this church a, a while ago who gave that a beautiful healing of how as a child she was healed by just looking at the pages of it, of something very severe, I guess. <clears throat> so. She did release it then later. She right. did again? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well my knowledge. Okay. Well it's in it's in those liberators. Yeah. The yeah. history of it, the pictures of it, all about it. It's beautiful. It's yeah. from a couple of years ago, but I, I keep them in my bookcase so I have them to study. And if you want the links for the two uh versions of Christ and Christmas, they're at the bottom of the Mary Baker Eddie page. Thank oh, you. Great.
<coughs> now, um, Parthens, it was on the it was on the carousel, but he wrote a really good article of called the King's Meat and the King's Meat, King with a capital K. Um, and and it was it it just brought out such a good point that in that story of Daniel that um it wasn't enough for King Nebuchadnezzar simply to have conquered the Hebrews geographically, as it's obvious that the next thing on his mind was assimilation. Little by little, to rid the Hebrews of their God through the gateway of steeping them in learning and the tongues of the Chaldeans, starting with Israel's most influential citizens. This is the equivalent of Abraham returning to Ur of the Chaldees or Mrs. Eddy converting back to con congregationalism <laughs> of her past or her followers today comfortably conforming to a form of godliness denying the power thereof really good point and it goes on but you see that's how era works it takes you a little bit it draws you in it compromises you and pretty soon you've got the whole kit and caboodle so they refused they ate simply like they were used to eating. And then and then they were able to. Um, Era was not through yet. When Daniel's friend refused to bow before the image of the king, they were thrown into the furnace, which not, did not harm them in the least. At this point, a complete destruction and reversal of Era occurred on a huge scale. Instead of commanding Israel to embrace the ways of Babylon, the king commanded that all of Babylon worship the one true living God. Why? Because of their faithfulness, their utter refusal to compromise their position. This is what's needed today in, in the movement. We should be ready not to go be converting into the ways of the world, but to convert the world to, to this wonderful truth by our examples and the, and the healing power of it. Um, so, and, and in all of this, we are working to get a better sense of body because in all of this, your body will respond quite beautifully <laughs> because it couldn't help it because God maintains your body. It's, I loved it in, in science and health. Body cannot be saved except through mind. You want a healthy body? Well, this is the way. And then the temple is the body. The idea of life, substance, and intelligence, the superstructure of truth, the shrine of love. To me, all those things are, are what your body is, <laughs> is a temple of the living God. And that word shrine means a place regarded as, a ho as holy because of its association with divinity. A box where sacred things are deposited. Okay, so your body is a sacred place where things are sacred things are deposited. <laughs> so how could it how could it be malfunctioning? It couldn't. It could not. And then mind governs the body not in one instance, but in every instance, all the time, everywhere. Someone want to say something? So Take, take thought. What are you depositing into your consciousness? Because <laughs> your consciousness governs your body. Not the other way around. 
It surely does. <laughs> I think your body is the embodiment of all of God's qualities. When I think of it like that, it, it makes it so much easier to realize that it's a spiritual thing and not a material thing at all. Yes, and, and Mrs. Eddy says that, the embodiment of right ideas, and also to watch your thoughts, not your body. Because no, they're one. Go ahead, Lawrence. No, no, I just love the hymn where he says that by thy love divine we live and love alone is life. Yes. Said by thy love divine we live. Yes. So it's the highest sense of love. It is. And that will keep your body running smoothly. It'll be the right shape. God proportions you, as we know. Um, and... And the less you think about it, the better. Absent from the body and present with God. Thank you. Now, Louise from uh, Missouri sent a really good article by a Gordon Comer um, bought with a price, which is in the responsive reading, where for ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So you don't even own yourself, you see. <laughs> It's all God's. And when you know that, the better off you are. But that's why you take good care of yourself, too. You should. This isn't. Some some scientists have this weird thought. They can do whatever they want to and eat whatever they want to and, and just. Ignore. Disregard the outward appearance. And in fact, you know, we're here to be an example. And, you know, we, we let God take good care of us. And we do it by reflection. We do it by, you know, doing things that are healthy and um, helpful and useful as God directs us to. And eating what he provides for us naturally and in moderation. And then uh, everything else falls into place. Mrs. Eddie tells, or Mrs. Evans tells a story, and I think it's in that, her article, Bird and Thought, of, you know, when she was extremely overweight and she wanted to be more representative of, of God because she was a practitioner. And she worked with um, God Proportions Me. Is this hunger or appetite? Fed by thy, no. Yeah. Yeah. Fed by my, no. Fed by thy love divine, we live. Is there another? Anyway, there were things, there were three things. That's all she worked with. And she lost a lot of weight and she maintained a very, fairly slender figure for the rest of her life. But her motive too, as someone brought out, what is your motive to do it? Is it just to look good for the guys or the girls or whatever your motive has to be? A good one. And didn't she also say that we should watch eating for amusement? And, I mean, isn't that so prevalent these days that we're, it's, it's so much fun to, you know, go and eat beautiful food at a restaurant, have ice cream and treats, you know, to reward yourself. And so that really helped me a lot. Sounds good to me. <laughs> oh my! Well, yes, we d we can't make a, a god out of it, and um, but you know, 
it is good to get together and eat with with other with friends if you <laughs> can, um, just because it's a pleasant time. And and Christ Jesus did do it. And actually, we have we have um, stories where the practitioners would go out to lunch together. This was in the days of Mrs. Eddy, um, and eat together. But I, I understand your point, not to make a god of it or to you know get into. Yeah, that's right. We don't we don't we don't cater to the material senses. That's you don't want to do that. Mm-mm. Well, it seems like we can't make a god out of it, but we also can't make the devil out of it either. Well, that's thank true. you very much. Yeah. That's absolutely right, because then then you've got another problem. <laughs> so anyway, in this article brought with a price, which kind of goes what we've been talking about, but it says Mrs. Eddy throws interesting light on this on this subject in miscellaneous writings. And I love this where in referring to Christian science. As the pearl priceless, this this is now quoting her, whereof our master said, if a man findeth, he goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth it. She writes, buyeth it. Note the scope of that saying, even that Christianity is not merely a gift, as St. Paul avers, but is bought with a price, a great price. And what man knoweth, as did our master, its value and the price that he paid for it. You know, there's a belief that uh, that this should all just come to you on a silver platter, or maybe that's what you want, or because you're a third and fourth generation Christian scientist, you darn well better have it on a silver platter. But no, you all we all have to work for this, and it's it is the pearl of great price. And then it goes on. Christian science shows that Christianity, as Jesus taught, and this science are identical. Scientific Christianity de- demonstrates divine power healing sickness, and casting out error. The spiritual understanding and ability needed in the healing of sickness and sin for oneself or others is not merely a gift. It is bought with a price and a great price. The way shown by the master is explained in Christian science. It is the way of intelligence, purity, spiritual understanding, love, holiness, obedience, constancy, towards good. True Christianity in its completeness is gained only as one realizes that in reality he already expresses these and other divine qualities. Might not another possible meaning of Paul's statement, year bought with a price, be that abundant health, happiness, supply, and life are made manifest only as through spiritual understanding, one consciously expresses purity, intelligence, love, holiness, obedience, and constancy toward good. May it not be that mankind is extru- is trying to express more health, more happiness, more supply, and a more abundant life without giving enough thought to better clearing of their mental window panes so that they can more clearly express those qualities through which these gifts of God are discerned and demonstrated. So I thought that made a really good point. We talk about too. You you want you want the benefits, but you don't want to pay the price, right? I like the fact if you think you're paying the price and things aren't happening, you need to look again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Let's dig a little deeper into your pocket, girl. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. When I first 
came to this church, I used to keep different notes from things, you know, like just single statements on these cards that I would keep with me. And um, most of them were from the round table or talking to my practitioner. But um, one of them was, you know, um, are, are you willing to pay the price? But another one was, are you willing to stop paying the price? <laughs> and it's, you know, the, you got to make sure that you're not paying unduly, I guess, sometimes. But, and it doesn't feel like a price. You, you know, not like, not an onerous thing to do this. Not, not at all. No, because when you've properly worked to know God better and to do his will better, when you've succeeded to do that, you feel a refreshment and a sense of satisfaction that is beyond anything else. And I know, you know, we've probably all experienced that feeling one, at least a few times. And there's nothing better. There's nothing more fulfilling. Absolutely. It's true. But we, we have a wonderful time. We're not sacrificing anything. It's all, all joy. Not that we don't have things to work out, but we have a great power to work them out with. So in it's the like, beginning, I think it seems like <laughs> it's, a, it's a torture, but then it really, there's no better calmness or contentment than seeking God and making him first in your life. Thank you. And it's a torture because you're not used to it. These are what I call these mental muscles you've never, you haven't developed. You're so used to all this negative thinking, you don't even think how you're thinking them. So it seems torturous to kind of mm-hmm. watch every thought and get it in line. But after a while, it, it gets easier and better, and you get stronger. Like you see I, the good results. And you see the great results, like anything else. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Mm-hmm. And when you've worked harder than you've ever worked in your life and you, you know, and at the end of the month or the week or whatever, you get your paycheck, you know, you've earned it. And that's a great feeling. Mm -hmm. Hand it down to you. You've earned it. And therefore, it's yours and no one can take it from you. And that's the joy that no man takes from you. You've proven it, proven it for yourself, not because you've admired someone else's doing it, because you have proven it for your own self. Nobody better try to. You draw your line, right? Yeah. Draw your line. Yeah. And even that joy and tribulation that we've all felt is really something. Yeah, because the tribulation forces you to God, forces you to yeah. do the right thing. Yes, and prove God. And prove God for yourself, exactly. And that's the only reason you have the tribulation, mm-hmm. is to get closer to the Father. It's the only reason. The community that, that, that uh, established here brings about more opportunities. If I was just alone, I'd feel like sometimes it's harder to find that right thing to be involved Thank you very much. And that, that's very true. That's why we do it. Right. Well, Mrs. Eddie says happiness is not selfish, right? It requi- re- requires to be shared. And, and honestly, I mean, everyone, you all are our dearest friends, whether you're in Plainfield or not in Plainfield. We have this wonderful connection. And, um, yeah, everyone is our, our very dearest friends. We 
We love you all and your participation. So then the responsive reading goes on, and, and this is wonderful. If you need a little um, guidance for your day, <laughs> rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I mean, just those through few things, but it goes on. But again, that takes some discipline and work to do that, right? Got to work at it, but do it. You'll feel better. You'll feel a lot better. Eating hymns in the morning. I I know y'all talked about that a while back, and I've I've just started. Uh, I'm not very musical, so <laughs> I don't always have the tune in my head. But um, I've gotten a lot out of that in the morning. Just first thing, I just kind of randomly open and, and read several of the hymns to just kind of get get thought moving. You know. That's it. Thank you. Absolutely. Get thought moving. Get active in it. Um. Okay, Shardell, you, you read the golden text and say oh, what you God. thought of it. First Corinthians. What? <laughs> know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not of your own? <laughs> <laughs> and what did you say? Oh, I said, I've always loved this. You know, it's a, such a, a wonderful reminder of who we are where we came from, and we're not our own doing. I, I, sometimes I have to really stop and think about that. We're not our own doing. It is God. God's love is all in all. And more we do, uh, and more we do not want or need. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, yep, great, great way to think of yourself all day long. Right identification. Right uh, identification. Shardell and I were laughing about that the what this morning oh, yeah. just like are you kidding me <laughs> <laughs> I know. and we should feel that excitement you know like a little child wow this is really great <laughs> what a great thing this is my goodness could we ask for more no we couldn't all right nancy you wrote some good things oh, a little long do you want me to yeah okay i, I really loved it yeah um so we are told in citation, I think it's citation eight, uh, Matthew six twenty four, you cannot serve God and mammon. And I love what Matthew Henry had to say about this because it really made it clear to me who I must endeavor every day to serve, which means to obey, to work for, to attend that command, to wait on. And he says, you cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon is a Syriac word that signifies gain, so that whatever in this world is or is accounted by us to be gain is mammon. Whatever in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life is mammon. To some, their belly is their mammon, and they <laughs> serve that. To others, their ease, their sleep, their sport, and pastimes are their mammon. To other worldly riches, to other honors or preferments, the praise and applause of men was the Pharisees' mammon, in a word, self, the unity in which the world's trinity centers. Sensual, secular self is the mammon which cannot be served in conjunction with God. For if it be served, it is not, it is in competition with him and in contradiction to him. 
He does not say, and I love this, we must not or we should not, but we cannot serve God and mammon. We cannot love both or hold to both or hold by both in observance, obedience, or attendance, trust, and dependence, for they are contrary the one to the other. God says, my son, give me thy heart. Mammon says, no, give it me. God says, be be content with such things as ye have. Mammon says, grasp at all that ever thou canst, money, money, by means fair or by foul, money. God says, defraud not, never lie, be honest and just in all thy dealings. Mammoth says, cheat thy own father, thou canst gain by it. God says, be charitable. Mammon says, hold thy own, this giving undoes us all. God says, be careful for nothing. Mammon says, be careful for everything. God says, keep holy thy Sabbath day. Mammon says, make use of that day as well as any other for the world. Thus, inconsistent are the commands of God and mammon, so that we cannot serve both. Let us not then halt between God and Baal, but choose ye this day whom you will serve and abide by our choice. I really love that. And it's absolutely <laughs> beautiful. It sure is. Thank you. You're welcome. And that was Matthew Henry. That was Matthew Henry. So, and, and, you know, some things you can't just like stop doing it out of human will. But as you study science and health, and you should be, and the Bible and prose works, as you study these, these things will begin to fade, fade away. They'll fall out. You'll have no other, no big desire for them anymore like you once may have. And your life will be filled with the things of spirit. And, and it'll be so joyous and wonderful and happy that you don't long for those. They're like, what is it, how she talks about like old broken toys that, you know, you don't need to play with anymore. No. And in fact, they become burdens to you instead, instead of sources of joy because they don't satisfy. Putting away the childish things. Yeah, putting away the childish things. And, and uh you open a door up to a new world of beauty and joy and health that you never knew existed. And you never will want to go back to that other. Never. But again, it it comes usually comes gradually and not forced. Because um, if you force it and it's not sincere, then that won't work. But it, 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 for me, it is a commitment. And you, uh, you have to. Be conscious that you're making that those steps. Otherwise, you seem to go zigzags all over the place. Thank you very much. Thank you. And that, that again, that goes back to the price that you pay. The commitment is that you talk about a covenant to God. This is the this is the way I'm going to walk and, and I will walk in it. And you, yeah, that definitely helps when you're trying to be pulled away from 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 the straight, narrow path that brings all good and all joy. Every good thing is found in God. Every good thing. So thank you, Nancy. Um, Also, I just wanted to mention briefly, a little off the topic, but uh, Anne had sent me something, Anne from England, um, about 
It's, it was an article from the Telegraph magazine in England, and, and it was just about the revival. Or There's a spe- deep spiritual hunger in people, and it starts out talking about there was this revival. Many of you might know about it as Asbury University Christian College in Kentucky, where there was a great revival, people, young people turning to God. And this article is saying the same thing is going on in England, which was very helpful. And although people, children, or I shouldn't say children, but these young adults might not necessarily want to go to organized religion, that they are seeking God in in more and more numbers now, many because of the pandemic, because of all the trouble and trials that was. That's why trials are proofs of God's care. It forces people to go upward. So I thank Anne for that, and that was encouraging. All right, Linda, what you wrote about. I was uh, using the 390-393 passages out of our lesson this week and looking up the different command statements. And the one that struck me was... uh, the one that said, suffer no claim of sin and sickness to grow upon thought. And that's page 390 of Science and Health by Mrs. Eddy. So then I looked up suffer, and it says to allow, especially by reason of indifference, to endure, to put up with, especially as inevitable or unavoidable. And I, that really, the idea of indifference really struck me, that it's saying, you know, don't let indifference grow on thought. And then I thought of our lessons that we're learning in the Bible study in the Church of Laodicea. That was the Church of Spiritual Indifference. And then also Mrs. Eddy's definition of malpractice in miscellaneous writings, which is, quote, mental malpractice is a bland denial of truth and the antipode of Christian science. So this just gave me a, end quote, this gave me a greater sense of how uh, important these command statements were. This is part of the Pearl of the Great Place plan. Thank you. The work we need to do. Thank you. I love that. And that definition of suffer, to allow, especially by reason of indifference, to endure, to put up with, especially is inevitable or unavoidable. How often do you act that way? You're like an open invitation for error to take hold. And yes, these Last three citations in this lesson are the command statements from 390 to 393 that we have here been always instructed to work with. They're powerful. Um, So remember this. Uh, Suffer is one of them, of the words, the command words. Dispute the testimony of the material senses. Um, Dismiss it with an abiding conviction that is illegitimate, and that means unlawful, not genuine, unlawfully begotten. Mm -hmm. And then you have no law of his to support the necessity, either of sin or sickness, but you have divine authority for denying that necessity and healing the sick. Okay, folks, you have divine authority to heal the sick. Mm, Sounds familiar. (laughs) <laughs> Gary's writing his readings on that but anyway <laughs> for Wednesday but yeah you have divine authority to heal the sick what <laughs> this is another amazing moment to think about divine authority from God to do it and then instead of the blind calm submission 
you rise in rebellion against them. Banish the belief that you can possibly entertain a single intruding pain which cannot be ruled out by the might of mind. You've got some painful situation? Okay, there you go. But you can't just read it now. you got to do it. Okay, you got to get into it, feel it, do it when the painful suggestions come. And then in this way, you can prevent the development of pain in the body. And no law of God hinders the result. And then it goes on to stand porter at the door of thought. So sometimes ask yourself when you're thinking all these random thoughts, because she says admitting only such conclusions as you wish realized in bodily results. So you're thinking all this stuff. Do you want this uh, on your, yeah, manifested in your body? These thoughts you're thinking? Are these thoughts helpful? Are you thinking, oh, gosh, this is going to happen, that's going to happen? Are, are your thoughts going every which way? So you want this manifested in your body? You better wake yourself up. Stand porter at the door of thought. This is the discipline that comes in. When the condition is present, which you say induces disease, whether it be air, exercise, heredity, contagion, or accident. Okay, take your pick. Air, pollen, whatever. Mm -hmm. Exercise, either too much or too little. Heredity, that's a big one. Contagion, that's another big one. Accident. Then you stand porter at the door of thought. You do not let those unhealthy thoughts and fears enter. The issues of pain or pleasure must come through mind and like a watchman forsaking his post to admit the intruding belief, forgetting that through divine help we can forbid it, forbid their entrance. You have all the power from God to do this. And nothing can vitiate the ability and power divinely bestowed on you. Nothing can prevent it. So get into it and do it and be consistent. And this is truly living the truth about your body. Mind governs the body, not in one instant, but in every instance. And body cannot be saved except through mind. And you're the shrine of love, place where all holy things gather. So a lot of good things to work with and to think about during this week. And let it truly change your life something wonderful and Gary is going to end now on Mrs. Eddie's article attributed to Mrs. Eddie on, on body which body. I love and this is unabridged <laughs> and I quote the term mind and body literally means God and man for man is the expression of mind and the manifestation of mind is the embodiment of mind therefore man God's body, and there is but one God. Body is therefore the aggregation of spiritual ideas, forever controlled and governed by the law of life, harmonious and eternal. This understanding of perfect body is the savior of the belief of body and is the law of recovery to any and every claim of error. We hear a lot about spiritualizing the body through thought. This teaching regards body as physical or material, 
and undertakes to change matter into spirit through mental effort. Divine science, from the basis of omnipresence, teaches that since there is but one substance, and that substance is spirit, there is no material body. The body is spirit now. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Just so long as you are trying to spiritualize the body or to heal the body through your own mental effort, just so long as you are trying to create health, you are laboring in vain. For you are trying to do God's part, to do that which has already been done. We live in a universe of perfect form. Not only our body, but all that is formed is literally the body of God and is perfect now. To believe that the infinite substance has been malformed through the ignorant mental activity of the individual and must be redeemed and perfected through the same activity is to see not one power, but two. There is no condition in the body. There is nothing in the body to be rebuilt or straightened or healed. There is nothing to change. There is nothing needed but to see God. Stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord. Your spoken word is not needed to make wholeness manifest. For wholeness is the eternal state of the unseen and the seen, the unformed and the formed. But it is needed for your unfoldment for the unfolding and broadening and deepening of the individual until he realizes this perfection. Stop trying to think God into manifestation. God is manifest now. God's glory and perfection are everywhere visible to him that hath eyes to see. All that we need to do, and it will keep us busy, is to train our thought faithfully and persistently in the acknowledgement of the truth of God's presence. Train it to judge righteous judgment, to see God and God only, to think God and God only. Having accepted the omnipresence, hold to it, no matter what the apparent condition may seem to be. In treating yourself, Never deal with appearances or symptoms. Do not center your thought upon organs or functions. Infinite substance, power, intelligence, and activity are in that place and do not need your suggestions. Do not try to formulate in thought the perfect body. Stop thinking about the body or trying to picture it as perfect from your standpoint. Our highest perception is far short of what body really is. Stop tinkering with it mentally. Loose it and let it go. Just know that it is God's body and that God is this moment and every moment forming it 
or bringing it forth according to his word, his divine idea. Jesus recognized Lazarus as an undying manifestation of God. You are that undying and perfect manifestation of God. End quote. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you.